Borough Cup. Oh, that's a lovely town. Population 634, but come Friday night, it's going to swell to 635 because Kevin Bloody Wilson's going there. G'day, mate. How are you going? <laughs> you bloody blackers. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. You've just got back from overseas, had a little bit of a break. Good on you. But uh, you're going to come to the thriving metropolis of Borough Cup on Friday night because the country club needs a little bit of help. So how long have you been this philanthropic, mate? Tell me about it. Has, has Twiggy Forrest sort of spurred you on with him throwing all his money around or what? <laughs> philanthropic. Please explain. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm actually uh, I'm at the very uh, beginning of a tour that finishes in Ireland in 2020. Yeah, this is the Almost Awesome Tour. Yeah. Yes. Uh, pretty takes us all around the world. Um, but I, one of my philosophies on, on what I do is because it started in the country, I always will, no matter what, uh, perform in the country. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to be able to perform in you know places like the London Palladium and the Sydney Opera House, but it's equally as important <laughs> to turn up at Borough. <laughs> it, it is. Have you got any sort of connection with Borough Cup, mate? Um, Apart from the fact you've had a couple of bevies there, <laughs> a couple of what is there? A couple of bevies. Be- oh, bevies. Oh, yeah, beverages. Be- beverages. Oh, I thought you said Beverly's. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know any Beverly's. I left them in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. You reckon you'd ever go back to being an electrician? You reckon you? You reckon you could change a light globe these days? Oh, I actually, this is a true story, Black. Right. If something like that buggers up in the house like a light globe, <laughs> Betty stopped waiting for me to do that stuff. Now she yeah. jump on a chair and do it herself because <laughs> I've told her what type of fittings they are. Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, and I, I'll hold the chair for her. <laughs> You're such a, no, you're such a gentleman. Hopefully not, because I was pretty hopeless at that. I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. And also, since I've left the trade, they've, they've changed the colour code. So <laughs> if I got up in somebody's roof now, I'm likely to burn the bloody joint yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what sort of, uh, what, what things do they need to do at the Borough Cup Country Club? Because you're basically there to, uh, you know, help, you know, raise money for some improvements to the club. What, what have they got to improve? Do you know? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> as long as the fridge is working, the beer's cold. I think that's the most important thing for a country club anywhere. Exactly, it is. Uh, yeah, probably doors and windows would be a good start. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be a really great night. As I said, it's got a uh, apparently uh, a population of 634, you 635, and everybody that uses the very busy Southwest Highway Friday night to actually uh, get along there. I noticed this bit of information I got here that, that says tickets to the 6pm show. Now, the 6pm show, is this because you're getting old, mate, and you've got to get to bed early, or what's the story there? Oh, no, I'm usually in bed way before that. <laughs> <laughs> These naps don't take themselves. <laughs> if you'd like to get tickets, I'm sure you would. Go to eventbrite.com.au. Kevin Bloody Wilson, Friday night at the Borough Cup Country Club. It's going to be a funny show, mate, and uh, you enjoy that world tour that goes on forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that, just clarifying that uh, 6 p.m., I think that's for dinner. Rightio. Okay. If you're going in there for dinner. The best so, thing yeah. to do is for people to contact the Borough Cup Country Club and find out all the details. I'm sure they'll be yeah. able to let people know exactly what's going on where. But, uh, but it yeah. doesn't, take, doesn't take two hours to scoff a pie, does it? <laughs> Depends whether you got chips and gravy with it. <laughs> See you, mate. It's good to chat with you. Good idea. You have a great day, buddy.
Dave Warner from the suburbs. We all know that history, but he's a man of wearing many hats. He's a screen and crime writer as well. G'day, Dave. Yeah, hi. How's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Firstly, how was that Twilight gig down at Cave's house there a little while ago, a couple of weekends ago? Did that go well? That went very well. Um, yeah, I had a number of people who made a special effort to come down and see me, but um, uh, and then a, then a few other people who were just wandering around who probably thought, you know, who's this old bloke <laughs> hanging around on stage? <laughs> I seem to remember that song. What's that song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, mate, you are a, uh, an author as well as a screenwriter, etc. You've just got a new book called Clear to the Horizon, and it's inspired by the Claremont serial killings. Now, I was surprised to find out when I spoke to you a few weeks ago that uh, you were actually considered by the Cold Case team uh, as maybe maybe a suspect. That must have come as a bit of shock to you. Yeah, it did. You know, they um, um, they visited me in uh, in Sydney when they were looking at interstate people of interest, I suppose, and some people had nominated me, and I, I guess off the back of my book, City of Light, but, you know, I hope that's what it was off the back of. Where, um, well, you'd hope they'd bother it, to read it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope that was the reason. But, yeah, yeah and, and this one, look, in, inspired by is a, is a bit stronger word for this novel. It, there's an element to it. What I like to do with my books is to take some events that have really happened, and then I, I weave a fiction around them. Um, but, the, but when I say the events that have really happened, it's it's uh, three girls go missing in, in Claremont from a nightclub. But that's, so that's the template that I use. Yep. And then, um, uh, but I, I make up a story. So I, I dissuade anybody from thinking I'm actually talking about that case because I know no more about the uh, about that case than anybody who's read a newspaper. You know, I, I'm not yeah. a a true crime research person. Um, so this is uh, pure fiction, but it brings back Snowy Lane, who I first started off with in 1995, and, and my latest detective from my previous novel, uh, Dan Clement, before it breaks. So uh, I put them together in the one novel, Clear to the Horizon. But serial killing is a little bit of a uh, theme that runs through City of Light, and that was sort of like you, you sort of took bits and pieces from the Burnies and, you know, Eric Cook and all that sort of stuff too. Correct, yes. It's really interesting yes. sort of stuff. I mean, I love, I love a lot of crime and that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, no, look, I, I find, um, I use this term, it's probably a bit overworked now because I've been blabbing about it, but <laughs> it gives the books emotional veracity because yeah. for me, I was, I've was i been personally affected by those things. So um, uh, growing up as a kid in Perth, you know, the world changed with Eric Cook. Yes. Uh, and then after that, um, uh, the Shirley Finn thing was another one, a great mystery in and around the sort of places that, you know... Um, I was hanging out, and uh, and then uh, the Bernies after that, and so I used those ones in my first book, and and it worked very well because I was able to, I think, have a connection, an emotional connection as an author to those events, and so in this, emotional connection is is pretty clear and obvious. You know, I played lots of gigs in Claremont and wandered around there, and um, like hundreds of thousands of, of people in Perth felt directly impacted by yeah, the whole thing. It really hit home because, you know, we sort of feel safe in Perth, didn't we? We we, we, we did. That and, sort and of thing think, wouldn't happen. No, exactly. I think uh, the Eric Cook thing, for those who are old enough to remember, that that was kind of step one. That changed. Before then, people would just leave their doors open and windows open and car, you know, yep. keys in the car. Yep. And then we there was a bit of a gradation. But I think that the Claremont thing really... Um, that that really was a terrible awakening and um, and and horrible for you know everybody uh, who who was touched by that in any way, and including the investigators. Yeah. Now you're coming to the southwest for a book tour to uh, promote Clear to the Horizon. Where are you going to be? At what times? Yes. So um, and I'm with Alan Carter, who's a fabulous novel. Um, his book Marlborough Man 
set in New Zealand is terrific for any... I've just read that. Tomorrow, around about 6 or 6.30, Eleanor and I will be at the Margaret River Bookshop. And then on the uh, the Friday in Busselton at uh, Barefoot Books in Busselton, 6 to 6.30, uh, for anybody who's interested there. And um, and then for anybody who happens to be travelling a bit further south, on the Saturday we go to uh, Dimmick's in Albany and uh, we're around um, Albany and Denmark on, on the Saturday. But, uh, uh, yeah, please come and say hello if you're in the southwest and, and either Margaret River or uh, Busselton is convenient tomorrow or uh, on Friday. Excellent. Dave Warner, the new book, Clear to the Horizon. Look forward to reading it, mate. Take care. Thanks very much. Interrupt this program to bring you a special news bulletin. From the inside cover, over at the West Australian, it's Ben O'Shea. Yes, a very good morning, old mate. How are you? G'day, mate. How are you? Very well. What's going on? Well, the AFL are raising eyebrows on this side of the country uh, with some of the comments they're making over in Sydney. Uh, So the New South Wales government has got $1.6 billion up for grabs for uh, stadium upgrades, uh, which is not a small amount of money. And uh, so they've put, uh, you know, applications out to all the major sports artists so they can put in their wish list what they want done. Uh, and the AFL, they want to uh, get ANZ Stadium, uh, keep it as an oval and not turn it into a rectangular uh, stadium for yes. rugby league and rugby union. But they also want to uh, have a, uh, you know, sort of a, a hundreds of millions of dollars upgrade of the SCG because two of the stands, the AFL says, were built in 1980 and 1984 and don't meet the standards uh, for the AFL. Uh, And that's all well and good, except for the fact that over here in Perth, uh, it wasn't that long ago, like a couple of weeks ago, that the AFL was telling the state government that uh, if they couldn't get a a satisfactory deal done at the new Perth Stadium, they were more than happy to keep playing at Subiaco Oval. That's right. uh, which which has grounds that were built in 1969 and 1980. Oh, I know, I know. I know. I was a little kid when they built that big concrete grandstand there at Subi Oval. I mean, <laughs> Exactly. And, for, and from what I hear, those two stands in the SCG are in much better nick than the ones over here at Subi. So, you know, take, take whatever the AFL says when it comes to stadium standards, mm. take it with a grain of salt. They're politicians, mate. They're all the same. I don't care what uh, code they play, whether it's Canberra or Domain. <laughs> They're all politicians. <laughs> exactly. Well, Don't believe them. Switching, switching sports, let's go to cricket. And the uh, English cricket team arrived in Perth on Sunday. Uh, I, I reckon they're going to cop a flogging in the ashes if Mitchell Stark is, uh, you know, any his, his recent form is anything to go on. But uh, the, certainly the omens aren't good. Uh, when they arrived, they were upstaged by a bloke who's popped a question to his girlfriend uh, who was just arriving through the arrivals gate. Uh, the media throng were, were fascinated <laughs> by this uh, <laughs> impromptu yeah. proposal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, so an Aussie's boulder maiden over against the ponds and they hadn't even left the airport. You know, if I'd have been there, what would have happened? What? I'd have said to the guy, get off your knee. What the hell do you think you're doing? Don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Mate, have a great day. I'll talk to you next week. All right. <laughs> see, see you, you later.